pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, that's the end of the current season of The Bike Show. I will be back in the autumn for the uh, autumn season. I've not got much time left, but I want to uh, use what time I do have to um, to pay tribute to the show which follows The Bike Show on a Monday evening. And that's a show called One Life Left. And it's a show about uh, video games. Um, it's not only a radio show about video games. It's, it's practically a way of life. It's, it's a form of being. This is a show which... Um, it's impossible to fluster. You know, I can throw all kinds of things at them during the handover. I mean, we're here in resonance in, in the studios. We've, we've only got one studio, so the changeovers have to be made pretty quickly. And uh, over the last few weeks, um, with the Tour de France on, we've had very packed shows on the bike show and um, given very little time for the handover to One Life Left. But, you know, they've just, they've just taken it in their stride, and they're such professionals. I mean, you look up there. I mean, Stee, Simon, and Anne up there on the podium um, but it's a different kind of podium at One Life Left it's not, it's not first, second and third they're there, each of them with a gold medal round their necks um, you know, if the bike show were the London to Brighton bike ride, then One Life Left would be the Tour de France I mean, if, if you were to make a, a bicycle which embodied the ethos of the bike show you know, you'd, it would probably be a sort of lugged steel affair, fairly traditional um, you know, decent workmanship you know, but but nothing, but nothing, um, nothing revolutionary. If you were to make a bicycle that embodied one life left, it would be made of the latest carbon fibre, titanium. You know, it would be painted by Damien Hirst. I mean, that's that's the quality of this show. So I salute you, One Life Left. Have a great show. I'll be back in the autumn. Ride safely, and goodbye for now. If you can't hear me, you're not listening to Resonance. to the bike show I feel that we should say a bit more we should go on for, for minutes hours about how brilliant the bike show is we love the bike show and we're sorry that it's it's last episode but I'm sure it'll be back in the autumn in the autumn 
fans of uh, yeah, what, what are you doing listening to us? Go, go, go back and download the latest uh, episode of the Bike Show now. Rewind. If you're listening to this live, rewind on your radio TiVos. Welcome to One Life Left. We Welcome. are a radio show about video games. I am Steve Curran. I'm Simon Byron. I'm Anne Scantlebury. And joining us in the studio today, we're very proud. He's our, um, our most celebrated guest to date. It's life president of IDOS, Ian Livingstone, OBE. Oldest bloke at Idol. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Ian. How are you? Good. I'm great, thanks. Thank you so thanks much. Thanks for inviting for, me. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I bumped into Ian at Develop, and uh, I said, I, I know, do you listen to the radio show? And uh, Ian but said, yeah, I, 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 think, I, I think you were very polite about it, Ian. And he said, I have to come on, and here he is. And imagine someone who you bullied at Develop actually turning <laughs> exactly. up. Exactly. It's brilliant. Thank you so much for coming in. How are you doing? I'm, I'm good so far, but we're only in about 30 seconds, so so far so good, but yeah, it could get worse. Are the facilities all right for you here? Uh, appalling, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best we can offer, I'm afraid. Have you had a good week, Simon? Yeah, I've, I've, I've had a brilliant week. In fact, it's been an interesting week, hasn't it? We were celebrated as London's top podcast by esteemed publication, The London Paper. I can't believe that. I couldn't believe it either. Anne, could you believe it? I just couldn't believe it. Uh, it was quite funny because in the paper, and I think, I think it's still on the website, and if you follow us on Twitter, uh, we've been banging on about it all week. Uh, next to our entry was a picture. <laughs> <laughs> there was a picture, wasn't there? There was a picture. And in that picture uh, were two men and a lady. And what was the first thing you noticed about them, Anne? They weren't wearing any clothes. <laughs> any clothes. So uh, that picture was next to our entry. So um, well, they were naked, weren't they? <laughs> they were, they were na- the naked scientists. The naked scientists who were further down the list than we were. Uh, <laughs> the, the non-ordered list that we happened to be the, at the top we of. We were top of it. So we yeah. were. Um, and in the printed version, it said number one next to us, which is it? a sight I never thought we'd see. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, you, you, you might have thought that, that was us. And actually, if you, if you kind of look at it slightly squinted, it could have been us. There were it? three humans. <laughs> two male humans and a lady human. We absolutely should recreate that <laughs> shot. And Ian, you should be glad that we're not doing that today. Or are we? We're not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll come on to that later. Maybe, uh, maybe we will. Yeah, and then also we, we shot up to number two in the Games and Hobbies charts on iTunes, didn't we? Can't, can't get better than number two. See you later, Mr. Uh, Major Nelson. That's what you said, except for in less polite terms <laughs> on our Twitter. Yeah. Uh, we, we were behind Giant Bombcast. Ah, yes. Never heard of it. Never Those heard are the people who, uh, who ran away from GameSpot, aren't they? I are think. they? I think they're the, that guy... Who left GameSpot after that right, fuss right. last year? Mm. Controversial. I, I bet their podcast is full of controversy. <laughs> yeah, this is something. We let's sh- try and make. Let's try and make our podcast controversial. How do we do that today? Ian, Ian are you up for that? Well, please don't take your clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure oh, we can be point. stopped now. Yeah, I don't know anything about uh, Giant Bombcast. So, if any of our listeners also listen to that, shame on you. You've been giving them hits. Uh, but if you can give us some advice on how we can bring them down. Maybe, maybe we can start a podcast war. Mm. If you can give us some advice, uh, the email address is... Team at onelifeleft.com. Or if you want to uh, follow us on Twitter, which you've already mentioned now three times Come this on. episode, uh, the, our Twitter account is... Slash onelifeleft or slash scanters. <laughs> <laughs> you've got 69 followers, Anne. 70 now. Really? It's 7.05 on Monday the 3rd of August. I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news. 
Telltale Games programmer has sparked a power war after claiming that the iPhone is more powerful than the Wii. He was responding to forum posts about the poor frame rate in Tales of Monkey Island on Nintendo's console. Even if the iPhone is more powerful than a Wii, a Wii would definitely cause more damage in a fight. You love the internet, don't you, Simon? I do, yeah. You love it when people argue on the internet. Yeah, unfortunately that's not an argument I'm particularly interested in. What a ridiculous thing to say. It seems to be missing the point of both formats, <laughs> which is quite impressive. <laughs> Surely Nintendo should come back and say, uh, uh, yeah, but uh, uh, we've got motion sensing, and uh, Apple should come back and say, but, you know, we've got music and all that sort of stuff. You just, they're, they're two completely different things. You say tomato, I say iPhone. Mm. Ian, do you have either of those systems? I have an iTouch and a Wii. Which is basically the Actually, same. Except I, I, I lie, really. My, my son's got a Wii. Okay. okay. Which is best? Oh, it depends how you feel. I mean, p- people say, what's your favourite anything? I don't think you can have a favourite. It's what's right at the time. If you're on the move, of course, your iTouch will be brilliant to play games. And if you're at home with friends and family and all that and want a complete loon around in the living room, the Wii's the thing. We don't not- think that one's going to work on the controversial Well, I was, about, I was about to say, that's hardly controversial. I think you might have to pick a winner. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Toss a coin. <laughs> You want me to say which one I'd... Yeah, yeah. On a desert island, I've got one left. Yeah. Well, hopefully somebody else will turn up on the desert island and I'll have to say the, the we. Oh, life oh, president of Idos settles that debate. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, you, uh, you're, you're a big fan of Monkey Island, aren't you? A big fan of Monkey, yeah. What are the biggest fans. Have you downloaded that again? No, because my iPod Touch uh, is still out of action because my girlfriend put it through the washing machine. <sighs> Water damage. Yeah, surely you can. It's, those, it's aren't, those aren't the words I used <laughs> when she told me. But uh, but yeah, no. So um, I was going to buy a new one, but I was told by somebody high up somewhere that I should wait. Really controversial. <laughs> Social conventions are going to be broken. Eliza Dushku has said it's almost acceptable to tell people you like games. The actress, who voices Ruby Malone in new action game Wet, even went as far as to say that some of her best friends play games, and they aren't children. Thank you, Eliza. One One Life Left will still be living on the outskirts of society if it wasn't for you. Did she actually say some of my best friends play games? She said some of my friends um, and actors that I know and directors... They they think it's it's acceptable for them now to go in public and say they like games. They're loud and proud about it. That is the the racist's favourite expression, I, 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 isn't it? Absolutely about to say that, or, or it's being it's being homophobic. You say, yeah, no, but some, some, of, some, of, my some of my best friends, friends are that lot. Some of my best friends are gamers. Yeah. Uh, and I love that it's almost acceptable almost. as well. Almost. What do you think would make it more acceptable, Anne? Um, probably get some... Uh, more interesting people to front them. Hollyoaks cast members. Hollyoaks, yes. Mm. Hollyoaks the game. <laughs> Ian, do you, do you, are you embarrassed to say what industry you work in? No, I've been rabbiting on about games for over 30 years, and it used to be a horrendous thing to admit to having done, but uh, now it is almost almost cool. Unfortunately, I'm no longer cool, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> wrong bad timing. Of course, uh, some people think that um, gaming reached its zenith of cool when Lara was on the cover of The Face. Mm. Yes, the first uh, non-human person to be on the front of the cover of Face. Yes. She's not that bad looking. I'd say she's vaguely human. Wouldn't you? Yes, but she's not real. Uh, <laughs> she might be real to you in your dreams, but for most people, I think we You know, that, that set um, an uncomfortable precedent because um, I was working in PR back then, and uh, after that, everybody would come up to us and say, right, we need to get on the front cover of the face. 
and uh, somebody, uh, I think um, Crystal Dynamics, who uh, are, of course, friends of yours now, wanted uh, Gex the Gecko on the front cover of Face. I had to let them down gently, but... Uh. I used to write the uh, video game coverage for the Face. Did you? Yeah. Uh, then they closed the magazine down. Hmm. Activision's decision to increase the cost of Modern Warfare 2 to £55 could lead to other publishers increasing their prices. Online game seller Shop2 has already seen increases in the price of Forza 3 to £49.99 and Professor Layton to £34.99. Rumour has it that banks are going to kickstart their lending this year by promoting game mortgages. Am I right in thinking games used to be 60 quid? Yeah, I've certainly paid... I paid £60 for um, Ocarina of Time. Uh, I paid £60 for Metal Gear Solid. Uh, on the original PlayStation. Those were recommended retail prices. Yeah, I, I, I was very happy to pay them. Really? Yeah. I remember Street Fighter 2. Yeah. Was that, that was something like that, money. wasn't it? Doom on the SNES, mm-hmm. that cost £90 because uh, it featured uh, the actual cartridge included a chip which was more powerful than the console it was running on. Oh my goodness. At the time. Mm. So yeah, you know, this is just going back to the old days, isn't it, really? But wasn't money more expensive then? Money was more expensive <laughs> then, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so actually, in real terms, games are still cheaper. Is this a good move for the games industry, Ian? Well, having variable price gaming, I mean, it's, it's, for me, I think it's the amount of pleasure you get out of something. You price it accordingly. I'd rather have one great game and pay top dollar for it than two mediocre games costing the same amount. So, you know, you get what you pay for at the end of the day. And... Uh, is a case of roast duck or no dinner at the moment. There's a few blockbuster titles that are selling gazillions and uh, going to make a lot of money for some people, but a lot of them have to price themselves lower down because they're not going to sell as many. And surely few, few people pay actual retail, retail, retail price, do they? Hmm. Do you think Th- so? This, right. is a, this is another discussion entirely. Used games. No, no, no. I mean, it, you can buy them new. Like, you can buy Modern Warfare uh, 2 now from Argos for like, oh, under, right. under £40. This you, is another discussion entirely. <laughs> Internet <laughs> discounts. If only we had a talk radio show. <laughs> <laughs> Phone in now if you're furious. Yeah. I think one thing the public haven't really appreciated is the cost of production of making games. You know, 20 years ago, two blokes in the garage could make a game for about £100,000. And now it's you know, huge teams, 150 people two years 15 to 20 million pounds to make one game and yet the the retail prices have not kept anywhere like as pace the, with the cost of development but things are also getting cheaper at the other end of the scale aren't they with uh, iphone games and psn and xbox live or you can have bite-sized chunks of games on i on i apps mm-hmm. of course and and you can download free f- to play flash games from sites like miniclip and so there's there's stuff out there for anybody you can spend 59p or you can spend 59 pounds and you'll get a hopefully a commensurate experience from that would you spend 59p or 59 pounds on uh, call of duty modern warfare i'd re- prefer to spend 59p of course <laughs> Could a PS3 price cut be on the way? Probably not, but Sony CEO Nobuyuki Onida has revealed that the cost of manufacturing a PS3 is down 70%. Gamesindustry.biz calculates that it now costs £148 per unit. It's nice to know just how much over the odds you're paying, isn't it? What happened there, Anne? Well, I tried to pronounce a Japanese name and then no, I couldn't. That, no, 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 I mean, that's a, that's a staple for your, yeah. uh, for your news reading. No, I mean, in terms of uh, getting all feisty about the yeah. cost of a PS3 there. Well, you do pay quite a lot more. Right, so would you, uh, given that when they launched the PS3, but they were subsidising it, when they were, were, they were actually making a loss, a loss per console. Yes. Do you not think now they should, they should be celebrating the fact that they've, uh, they've reduced... Their ships come in. Yeah, no, exactly. They should be rubbing their hands and all that. I thing. think she's just trying to... 
create controversy for Are her you? Twitter, isn't she? Yeah, that's it. Scanters slams PS3 price is going to be the headline on gamesindustry.biz tomorrow. Yeah, and this, this sort of thing isn't, isn't new. It happens with every console, doesn't it? Does it? <laughs> Do you know what games are? <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, so uh, gamesindustry.biz, how did they, uh, did they show their working? Yes, yes, they did. Right. Uh, so they started off with a uh, figure which was 100%. Right. Then, um, then they said that there was a drop of 50% and then they knew what that figure was. Right. And then they said it was a 70% drop and then they wrote down £146. Right, and so what, are we waiting for Sony to say how much it costs them to run gamesindustry.biz, aren't we? <laughs> Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, psychiatrist Dr. Richard Graham has announced that the Tavistock Centre will be offering in-game addiction therapy in World of Warcraft. Dr. Graham has suggested that the issue would be best tackled by giving therapists free game accounts. Free game accounts and an excuse to play for hours while supposedly working. Looks like Dr. Graham may be the one with the problem. I once went to visit a developer who was working on a massively multiplayer online role-playing game and they said it was really really difficult to find good um, designers to design sort of the mechanics in this game because the ones who they could hire and did hire were actually people who knew a lot about um, you know other MMORPGs and the problem was they were so addicted to those games that they'd end up having to fire them because they wouldn't come into work because they'd be too busy playing the too games like yeah. yeah that's a vicious circle isn't mm. it do you, do you play any of those massively multiplayer games Ian? Uh, I've dabbled with them. I, I can't say I've become a huge World of Warcraft player because there's only so much time in the day and I can't afford to give up half my life. But um, I'm very well aware of them and I've been to Korea several times and looked at the whole industry and how they came about and why they came about and because Korea had um, no retail existence because of the piracy problems they had and uh, they had all these cyber cafes. It was inevitable they wanted server-based games and hence the whole development of MMOs. They actually play for like 48 hours on the go over there, don't they? Some of them. There's about 20,000 cyber cafes in really? Korea. And, uh, yeah, they're all locked in there. It's funny, because I, I, I walked past one on the way here today and it was one of those, like, internet, only one pound an hour and I thought, there's no, there's, there's no need for this sort of thing, is mm. there? Um, one country. I was, I, was, I, was reading, um, I was reading the other day about the sad closure of the Matrix online. Right. Um, that, that closed, I think, August the 1st was the last day in the Matrix. How many people were still in it? I don't know. I Did saw they... a video. It looked like Second Life, but with everyone in trench coats. Right. But, they, but see, they, they, they can't have known that they were still in it, can they? Mind you, Second Life looks like everyone in trench coats, but with fox masks. Right. Um, but I was going to say, uh, clearly, like, the, you know, uh, one popular way of making an MMORPG is to license something, take a popular scenario like Conan... Uh, or Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I was wondering, while you're here, Ian, maybe do you think there's an opportunity for the fighting fantasy, something set in the fighting, one of the fighting fantasy universes, to develop into an MMORPG? Uh, I think we'd be delighted to have an MMO based on fighting fantasy, but it's strikingly similar, I guess, in concept to Warcraft. So to make a, a differentiable fantasy game that's going to drag people away from 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 Warcraft is a challenge in itself. It's a challenge. Try to do it but in Warhammer, but you know, I, I think it's one the One Life wow. Left team are up to. Yeah, no, also. But maybe a, an introductory one, a very you know simplistic. The whole essence behind Fighting Fantasy originally, way back, way back, way, and in, in the 80s when we launched the books, was that uh, they would take the, the, you know, it's a solo adventure rather than a multiplayer adventure. Mm. So if you could have a solo adventure where it's very, 
perhaps a browser-based MMO where you need not a huge commitment, so you can have you know in and out, uh, yeah, bite-sized chunks of a role-playing game without the commitment in time. In fact, I might even want to play it myself. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, that's that's that, that's interesting. Like, um, obviously, the fighting fantasy, the fighting fantasy games were around before World of Warcraft. I don't want to put words into your mouth, but things that we're going for the controversy here. Are you saying World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft copied you? I wouldn't say that. I would, oh. say, I would say perhaps inspired by mm. fighting fancy, by Dungeons and Dragons, of course, by any fancy role-playing game. And there were a lot of them out there in the 70s and 80s. And, uh, you know, fighting fancy was just one essence of it. And You're being too polite. We're going to have to try a bit harder on me to get in and say something cont- controversial. We are. Thanks, Anne. One Life Left Video Game News with Anne Scantleberry. Barry, Barry. listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. That was Seal of Quality and their cover of Weezer's Hashpipe. That was good. Thanks. I, like I, I didn't make it. Okay. Uh, it's off a tribute album which you can find on Pterodactyl Squad. I think that's ptesquad.com and right. it's brilliant. Okay. And check it out later. Did you enjoy that, Anne? Weezer. <laughs> Weezer. Good work. They're, they're a band, a real yeah, band. Yeah, I know. I don't know how I feel about them. Okay, we'll have some Rachel Stevens for you next okay, week. Okay, good, thanks. So, Ian, I was uh, I was checking out your Wikipedia page, obviously, which is something we do for all our notable actually, guests. Actually, it's, it's way off that. Is I mean, it? It was, what, it was. There's some errors in there, and I've only just found out you can actually edit it yourself. That's the whole point of so Wikipedia. So it's about time I actually spend some time and correct and stuff. You're not allowed to do that, apparently. No, you're not allowed to I edit mean, your own own page. It's well, one of the founding principles. Well, if you principles. get things wrong, what do you do? Just sort of fume in your backyard or Well, something. no. If you're One Life Left, we have an inside man who actually does a feature for us that will be coming up next week a wiki wawa yeah. and he does all our editing for us, so that's what you need to do. Or okay. just ask us and we'll ask him. So what? So what? what's incorrect on there? 
Well, I think it says I left Idos at one point, which is not Do true. Do you know that they were talking about rumours of your death a couple of, a couple of years ago? <laughs> I can assure you that wasn't true. <laughs> they were. That was on the discussion uh, pages. Somebody decided to revert it. He's notable <laughs> enough that searching Google News, etc. would bring up reports if it were true. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about that? Man, uh, I, I wrote Gary Gygax's obituary last year. Did you? <laughs> Maybe it was something to do with that. Uh, Wikipedia, Wikipedia and getting confused, shock. Um, so, yeah, I didn't realise that you'd founded Games Workshop. Yes, many moons ago. 1975, is oh, that, is that don't, much correct? Don't, don't, Unfortunately, it was true, yes. With your with flatmates? Steve Jackson. There was two, actually, two. There was Steve Jackson and, and John Peake. John Peake, yeah. And we actually started making wooden games like um, backgammon boards, and I used to go and sell them to game shops and uh, but we put out this little magazine called Owl and Weasel because we thought Owl was about you know, Weasel being cunning and, and, and bright combination stupid name <laughs> um, and we sent them out to everybody in games and one of the recipients was Gary Gygax he'd just invented D&D and he wrote back to us said love your magazine um, here's a new game I've just invented and we played it and thought, wow, it's great, Steve and I, because we were a bit of games freaks. John Peake thought it was rubbish. Right. <laughs> and so he promptly left Games Workshop because we weren't going to make any more wooden games. We were going to dedicate our whole life to fancy role-playing. Because we wrote to Gary and ordered six copies. On the back of that, we got a three-year exclusive distribution agreement for Europe. Wow. <laughs> so we started selling it mail order out of our flat. And people thought, we called the company Games Workshop, and people would be appearing on the, on the street downstairs. And we stare out the window of our third floor floor flat and say looking for a workshop up here mate so <laughs> parcels and people were coming out and uh the best thing was uh, uh there was only this is before mobile phones and internet and there's that we had one public payphone which was on the ground floor now our landlord liked to drink especially on a friday <laughs> and the phone would always ring it always be mail order for for games workshop stuff and uh it'd ring and we'd try and dash down the stairs to get there first always too late and the guy would say oh you want games workshop do you where you can piss off. <laughs> and uh, we realised the value of PR at an early age. These made our customers even more determined to wow. find us. And at, what, at what point did you realise how, how big it was going to be? We had no idea, but when you're driven by something, you know, we were just complete gamers, and we discovered this amazing role-playing game. We were just determined to tell the world about it because we were obsessed with playing ourselves. And... Uh, but we met loads of resistance. You know, you try and sell it to a shop and you try and get investment from a bank manager and you go in there and you tell them this wonderful role-playing game in which you're a hero or a wizard and you go on these incredible, fantastic adventures, killing monsters and finding treasure. And he looks at you rather like an Alsatian watching television <laughs> and kind of urges you out the door. And so you couldn't raise any money. So we ended up living in a flat, in, in, a, in a van for three months because we'd been kicked out of our, our flat. And so we found an office the size of a bread bin in Shepherd's Bush. And, and we lived in this van, which conveniently was uh, parked outside a squash club. Um, went in there, of course, for a shave and a shower, etc. in the early morning, got really good at squash by default, and then into our little mail-order room in the back of this uh, state agents, and then back into the van. So a very small, triangular life. But um, we realised it was big that when we opened our first retail store in, in 1977, we were obliged to do that because everybody else wouldn't, wouldn't stock it. And there's a queue of about 200 people around the block. I thought, yep, Steve, we're here, mate. And if you, if you, you, you must have come across people uh, who turned you down back then since. Do you, how, do you, how do you treat them? 
kind of told um, you so. You're the people that turned down the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that sort of thing. All of that. <laughs> uh, and then you went on to do the Fighting Fancy books, of course, yeah. which... Uh, Again with Steve. Yeah. You were a hero of mine. So much so that we wrote to Penguin, well, I did it as a schoolboy, me and my friend Paul Toms in Bournemouth, and we'd come up with, uh, with a book that we wanted to write. Um, I think we'd only really worked on the title, uh, and it was called The Backstreets of Barrio. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, that's that's sounds good. <laughs> and uh, we got a very polite letter off Penguin saying that they were committed to your book. So, um, well, you were... what, what sort of um, world was it? Future, past, present? Oh, it's probably it was an absolute rip off of Warlock of Far Top Mountain and Citadel of Chaos and that sort of thing. Okay, shocking, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolute book piracy it could have been back then. But they, but they, they were faithful. Um, but I bought them all. I'm sure you did, Steve. Did you? I had the Island of the Liz- Lizard King. Oh, yeah. oh, thank you. It wasn't my best, but you know, <laughs> thanks for the royalties anyway. They're, they're all still really fondly remembered. Though um, I was, I was trying to explain them to Talia, who's my, who's my niece, who will be on the show um, a little bit later. She's eight, and of course, she's got no, you know, to her, the world is all video games and all that sort of stuff. But the concept of turning a book into a game, I think, was uh, was one that she found very difficult to grasp. But um, they, yeah, they are still very warmly regarded. You, are you still are you keen about bringing those to a new generation? Well, they're they're still in print in in some countries. In the eighties, they were huge. They sold sixteen million copies, twenty three languages. The UK was a nation obsessed with it in the playgrounds, and uh, everyone was swapping books and creating monsters and creating their own little adventures. And they enjoyed that being empowered by by book in which they were the hero. They made the choices, you know, go left, go right, find the key, and unless you found this key, you can't open the door. And so there's hundreds of ways of going through the book, but only one correct way. And but now that whole way of playing, that choice and consequence uh, branching narrative, has been taken over by video games, of course. So the books were quite marginalised for many years. But there are, I'm happy to say that has been, because of the advances in technology, that has been a recur- recurring interest, uh, not just from the book uh, publishers, and we still support Icon Books, our publisher, but from IAP uh, people have approached us saying, why don't you put these Finding Fancy game books onto an iApp? And we thought, great idea. So that's, so that's something that we can look out for, is it? I think we should... should ca- Quite confident in saying sometime later this year they'll be Fighting Fancy Adventures. Wow, can you uh, can you say which ones? Well, it'll start off with Warlock of Fire Top okay. Mountain. And, uh, which one had the Minotaur maze in it? Warlock of Fire Top Mountain. Was it? That was that, that the one I got to know. I, 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 seem, I seem to remember another. There was another maze somewhere else. I don't think it was Warlock of Fire Top Mountain. Which, uh, I'm, st- I'm, still, I'm still trying to work my way through. Did, did you cheat? <laughs> did you cheat? Of course I did, now and again, yes. I've not met anybody who didn't cheat. No. Well, that's yeah, but you know, um, if if there was the internet back then, you'd have had the equivalent of game facts now for how to <laughs> how to finish. Well, with the, the iApp game, you will not be able to cheat. Uh, Do you feel bad about that? No, I, no, it's good. Yeah. Cheaters never prosper. So there will be save points, and you'll have the inventory, but you know you won't be able to fudge those dice rolls anymore. But it will, so it will, but it will play as the books did. Yes. But, right. Wow. Yeah. Has there ever been a video game sort of version of any of them before? Yeah, well, we haven't been keen to. Oh, there were adventures on on um, back in the day. Back in the day on C sixty four Spectrum, okay. and there was Death, the, Death Trap Dungeon as well. Came out as a video. That game, came as it? an action game. Yeah, when Domark just when Domark yeah. became IDOS, in right? Fact. But that wasn't uh, a role playing game. Like no. it should have been. It was just an action hack and slash game. But it did still pretty well. Yeah. Cool. I, I, I'm, I'm really very excited about that. I'm still undecided about what format to choose, whether it's going to be the iTouch or not, but the, this Apple tablet that's rumoured. 
You, you know anything inch, about that? Ten-inch screen. Anyone come up to you on the street and said, <laughs> "Hold off, hold off, by that laptop, yeah, hold yeah. off." But that'd be good because that'd be a ten-inch screen. So we, when you're playing your uh, your uh, Apple games on it, it's gonna be massive. So <laughs> and, and can you shake it for the dice like you can with the eye touch? Uh, well, I, 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 I think it'll have the same technology. But yeah. you have that little rolling dice on the screen. Yeah, cool, brilliant. Well, we're gonna drop in one of our features now. And then we'll be back with the letters section after that. But Seamless. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll move into the future. Let's roll a dice and decide oh, what no. to do next. We'll talk, we'll talk a little bit about the next stage okay. of, uh, of, of Ian's life in video games uh, after this. This is Wika Wikiwawa. This week, reliable sources. And I don't mean tomato ketchup. I mean the sources that make the difference between a shoddy article and a great one. The Wikipedia policy is easy. All material must be attributed to a published, reliable third-party source. Take the article on System Shock, for example. It cites reviews, features and interviews from a broad spectrum of print magazines and reputable websites. The result is a good article that's contextualised and verifiable. But for every noteworthy game, there's a hundred browser-based games or Half-Life 2 mods trying to get their foot in the door, and it's this reliable sources policy that they'll struggle with. Whilst these homebrew games may be popular, they are largely ignored by the gaming press, so editors trying to defend these articles will cite whatever rubbish they can find. Sorry, no, your official forum with over 1,000 members is not a third-party source. Your user-submitted review on an otherwise empty GameSpot directory entry is not a reliable source. That pretty MMO review website, run by some random bloke and his brother, regurgitating endless press releases for Korean role-playing games, is neither third-party nor reliable. I was curious to see if One Life Left could be used as a source. Editorial oversight? Industry-savvy presenters? Why not? As an experiment, I chose an article for a homebrew game with need of references. Spelunky. I added OLL as a reference, citing Matthew Kumar's feature from Season 4. And so far, no one's complained. I'm Duncan Timoney, and back down again. It's the One Life Left Letters section. Who's going first? Shall I go first? Yes. You go first. This is from Ben's team. Hello, team and super special guest. Uh, according to Anne's Twitter, at person reading email points to Anne. Oh, uh, www.twitter.com forward slash scanters. She now has full control of her Twitter, but I find this hard to believe. Whilst there has been some mention of the Saturdays and Bob Geldof, she has failed to update with looking at Eurogamer for news to steal, something that the real scanters would do. And he put the R in a capital there. Mm. It's a proper noun. Uh, in addition to this, the Twitter Anne said she recently went to work in a see-through dress. That's true. And we all... <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Yeah. What, why? What, what's your job? <laughs> Uh, I work at a water park. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When we all know the real news hound would have just forgotten to put on her dress, causing panic on the streets of Twitter. So could you please confirm if it is genuinely the real Anne on her Twitter page, and if so, why is she lying to uh, her 69 followers? 70. (laughs) Uh, It's me. Are you enjoying Twitter? Uh, I am. I didn't really get that thing. Steve had to talk me through the at whoever. Right. Bit um, that's quite exciting. Yeah, it's good. I'm worried that I could um, I could get a bit carried away. All right, okay. Well, we all look forward to that. Are you on Twitter, Ian? I'm not. Why not? Uh, because it could also take up the other half of the <laughs> life that I'm not playing World of Warcraft in. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Actually, maybe you could do an interactive fiction version of Twitter. 
140 characters, make choices, decide who to follow next, continue the story. It's interesting. I shouldn't talk about this on the air. We should, we should have a chat after the end and we can go become millionaires. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Uh, this email is entitled, This is not a very good email. Okay. Okay. And, w- and we opened that and printed it yeah, off. Yeah. Right. And now we're going to read it. Okay. Hi there, Letters fans. Um, I have no idea which generic sounding English man is which. Can you please uh, pan Simon and Steve to the left and right channels, please? Or develop some regional accents? You might be able to do that, actually. Try shall I, tr- shall yeah. I try that? I'll put you okay. on the uh, on the right. I should be on the right. Oh, my goodness. That's and my I'll, left. And I'm, I'm on the left. I, have I got my headphones around the wrong way? This Hello. is weird. Okay. Are you on the other end? Right? I'm on the other one. Right, let's whisper into Anne. <laughs> <laughs> See if we can do something. I'm just going to read the letter. Uh, or develop some regional... Stop it. <laughs> or develop some regional accents. I have a Welsh accent if you wish to borrow it. Uh, I can make out which one of you Anne is. Uh, she's the one that is with the marginally higher voice and says things slightly faster than her brain will process. She's looking so handsome today. <laughs> Simon would definitely get it. Right, that's enough of that. Um, uh, and then... Basically, they want to know who the different, what the difference between Steve and Simon is, um, and that's from Johnny. Done. I'm, I'm, slightly, Done. I'm slightly concerned because Ian was also wearing those headphones, and I, th- <laughs> I, th- I think he might, des- he might have designs on us. I'm not, I'm not wearing a dress though. <laughs> Steve. Okay. Um, hi. Congratulations on being named in the London paper alongside Come such on. luminaries. As Dan Savage, what to think about it? I th- I'd say it's great that you've got the recognition, but does appearance in a mainstream paper mean that you've gone a bit mainstream yourself? Yes, yes, yes. totally yes, mainstream. <laughs> Perhaps this happening plus the hundred episodes thing is a good excuse to take stock, review what you've done, and audit yourselves to make sure you're still as edgy and irreverent as you always were. But Next. why are you wearing suits today? <laughs> Sorry, don't, don't give that away. I was reading the London, the despicable London light on the way in. Yes, because we only like the London paper. We do, yeah. And I was thinking, well, maybe our, our listeners could help us get into the London light, you know, because there are various sections where you can text and all of that sort of thing. And I was looking through it and going, well, I wonder if there'd be space for, uh, you know, where they could put something on One Life Left. Page three of the news... Uh, no, yeah, sorry, Patriot of the News is Livingston to marry again. Incidentally. <laughs> interesting, um, interesting. Yeah, uh, no. shot to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so she doesn't read. Uh, page seven, here we are. Headline, cats know they're left, cats know they're, they're left from right. That's a news story, page seven. <laughs> Something on One Life Left could go there, couldn't it? I thought you were going to suggest people, you know the uh, I no, saw you section? Definitely. No, no, that's where people should be. They should text in, you know, uh, hi, I, we were listening to One Life Left together at, at, at bar. Yeah, I saw you listening to One Life Left. Yeah. Chortling at scanters. We both smiled yeah. at the same joke. Yeah. Drink! <laughs> <laughs> that's Surely you just want a photo of Anne, you don't need the YouTube. No, I know, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. It's good. Uh, Ian. Ian. All right, there you go. Hello, One Life Left. Just listening to you talk about my lovely home city and agree the most frightening part is the hen night style ladies. I also feel I should add the more authentic pronunciation of Nottingham has pretty much no T's and no G. Try saying it like Noinum and you'll fit right in. Keep up the radio-based 8-bit whimsy and I think Anne should play Kingdom Hearts, a mix of Disney and stabbing that things are plagued by the odd, irritating cutscene. Now that is from Beth Clark, who's obviously from Nottingham. Thanks. No, 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 no. Oh, sorry, yes, Thanks, from Nottingham. Nottingham. Uh, we said that we'd give uh, a copy of The Ashes Cricket to a one letter writer today. And do you want to pick a winner? Um, that one. <laughs> 
Okay, so if you wrote that one, you can actually can expect a copy of the Ashes uh, The one about Nottingham. Okay. Nottingham. Cool. We're going to Nottingham. Well done. We are, we yes. are. Yes, Nottingham Games But we, we're not quite ready to talk about what we're doing now. We've dropped a few hints over the last mm. few weeks on the show. Next, the next Games Festival is Edinburgh. Edinburgh. How would you say that without any T's? Edinburgh. Edinburgh. There are any T's in Edinburgh. Edinburgh. <laughs> it's uh, E M B R A, isn't it? Edinburgh. Okay, well, maybe we should chat Edinburgh. About that yeah. Edinburgh. <laughs> hmm. What? I don't like that. <laughs> that sounds so weird. Do not say that again. Edinburgh. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh, you're, you're off to Edinburgh, aren't you, Ian? I am going to Edinburgh. <laughs> okay, we should chat about that in a sec. Shall I, shall I turn off the letters section? Turn off the letters section. Letters over. Listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM and on the internet at iTunes. Where's our website? www.onelifeleft.com. Good work. And episode 102. Uh, and this is Charizard uh, by Xantos. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Anne said she liked it. I really it. liked it. And then it's it got emo, yeah. and that was better. Well, brilliant. Uh, we're here with uh, Ian Livingstone, uh, life president of IDOS. Life president, what does that mean? It means um, many things. Uh, I think it's my main role is as an ambassador for IDOS now. I do government lobbying, I do public speaking, I go around all our studios trying to add some sort of creative input to all our products in development because uh, our studios are scattered around the world. So that's, that's exciting stuff. And I also sit on two committees one, the Green Light Committee, which kind of vetoes or approves games in development and new games that might we go into development and also on the executive committee so there is some stuff 
which is formal, but a lot of it I kind of set my own agenda and go around evangelising games wherever I can. What was the last game that you approved that hasn't been announced yet? If you could just... Uh... Well, I can't tell you that, can I? I mean, that was a bit of a trick question. That, was a, that wasn't a very good trick question. I, mean, I know it's a bit late in the day for an old bloke like that, but you can't catch me out with that. But uh, so, so you, you ultimately have that say, do you? Or? I don't know. We as a team, the oh, okay. Greenlight Committee, but I have a, but, but tr- is there, a big is there, vote is there, is, there, is there lobbying that goes on on a Greenlight Committee? Well, there's approvals process. I mean, you, we because games are so expensive to make now, you're putting 15 or 20 million pounds into one product you've got to be pretty sure it's going to at least recoup its cost and hopefully make a profit so there's a there's a rigorous testing from technology to character we do focus testing we do market analysis competitive analysis uh talking to the sales territories and then looking you know technology gets a vote marketing gets a vote sales gets a vote creative gets a vote and so you must get two votes. <laughs> Come on. I get loads of votes. <laughs> yeah, I just tell them all your votes don't count. It's just me. If there's something, uh, if there's something, uh, you know, a developer can include to win your thumbs up. What you know? What advice would you give them? One thing to put in the game. Well, without being flippant, I mean, you could, you could joke about this, but seriously, it, definitely be flippant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just send load bags of money. We'll sign <laughs> up tomorrow. Money. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clearly, they've got to come up with something original, and that's the hard part mm. because people accuse publishers of, of not being creative anymore because they're making all these endless sequels. Because uh, they've got a vested interest, and the pre-marketing's already done because people know about the brand, etc. But it is very hard to be original these days. I think technology drives innovation. Uh, original originality in, in the genre today is difficult because it's all been done. You know, you've covered every sport, every war that's ever existed, and so it's to the technology. So the, the, obviously, the Wii controller around innovation in play. The stylus did on the DS. The, the I, the iPhone is allowing similar stuff. You're looking forward to Natal from Microsoft. Every time a new format comes along or a new technology, hey presto, great, great innovation comes along. And how much debate was there over deciding whether to do Batman Arkham Asylum? Whether we should do it or yeah. not. Well, we, there's, IDOS has historically been a, a content creating, a content ownership company, Tomb Raider, Hitman, Championship Manager, etc. But we made a decision to make a, a Batman game with when we were having uh, you know, quite a lot of uh, dialogue with, with Warner Brothers. So we got Rocksteady to to develop the game, and I think they've done an amazing job on it. Uh, you know, it's one of the most anticipated titles coming out uh, for a long, long time, and it's out later this month. And you know, of course, I'm going to say it's brilliant, but. Don't just listen to me. Go out there, Google as much as you like. You'll find demos rave out. reviews everywhere. The, the demo's out on Friday, so people can judge for themselves, yeah. can't they? So the, the, the attention to detail. I mean, they had one guy working for eighteen months just working on the sound effects and the animation on Batman's cloak. Yeah, because so, <laughs> so, you're following that all the time, so it has to look great. But it, the gameplay and the technology is amazing. But is it, I mean, I've I played it and I and I love it. Uh, it's um, I'm a Batman fan. It's a Batman game I've. I've I've always wanted, but um, I guess the tricky thing is like because it's a licensed game, people are naturally suspicious of it. But um, you know, how do you, how do you, what sort of stuff can you do in the game to, to convince people that it's not just you know because licenses have such a terrible reputation from the ocean days. But uh, well, well uh, people were historically suspicious because you could take a mediocre game, slap a license on it, and sell to ill-informed public but today the public are informed they can look online and this is where we welcome the the internet because i would ask anybody to go out there and look at what people are saying about batman 
and 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 say you know enjoy what's being offered because they'll find great reviews and I think the whole shift of of, of how marketing is going to change because in, in games rather spending tons and millions of dollars on on advertising and marketing we're going to go to more relying on social networks and getting customer recommendation because it's like the old playground recommendation of fighting fancy way back when there was no Backstreet marketing campaign <laughs> <laughs> you want people to tell other people about it and that is the best there's no suspicion then there's no hey this must be a trick and i think with batman people will say it's an amazing game and tell their friends i'm looking forward to it are you looking forward to it steve absolutely it's out at the end of the month Anne, are you looking forward to it? that's a crucial question yes Anne. How can we help you with Batman Arkham <laughs> Asylum? I really liked Lego Batman, so Ooh. I guess this is a step up. <laughs> <laughs> this is the real deal. That's right. Um, coming up now, it's time for Matthew Kumar and Best Worst Game. When I was a student, fresh in my first year, I decided to get a job in a factory rather than somewhere sensible, like a bar or a car from a warehouse. The hours were longer, but I knew I was going to pay more. So when I went for the interview, thanks to my university education, I was given a job in quality assurance. My job was to call up in the boxes the factory produced, check them, then reassemble them. And so I did this for 12 hours a night, every night, all summer. I never had the feeling that what I did had any point or that any idea that the boxes were going to do anything useful. And all the money that I made was just frittered away on the pointless improvements to my life that were just pointless. So that's why this week's best source game is Box Life on the Nintendo DSi. It captures everything about that one summer I worked in a factory. And it's sublime education and futility for the uninitiated. Of course, those of you present at the One Life Left Live at Develop uh, yep. will have heard that Matthew Kumar before. Hmm. Uh, I think um, only Matthew was there, <laughs> as far as I recall. Oh, we're running out of time. Uh-oh. So we'll have to rattle through the review section, haven't we? I, I just think... Uh, Anne, what have you been playing? Uh, this week I have been playing Overlord 2, in which... Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, it, it, in which uh, you're an overlord, uh, you have minions, you club seals, you kill hippie pirates. You club seals? Mm-hmm. Seal pups. <gasps> it's even worse. Yeah, it's fine. You have to um, get it for life for your minions. Is it worse? Because surely Baby they don't... Seals. Yeah, but they don't know what's going on, whereas the... Older seals, they've got recognition. Ow. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I think, well, baby seals are cuter, aren't they? They are cuter, but... Yeah, they're pretty cute in the game, what's, but... What's worse, Anne, killing a cat or a kitten? Oh, I've got a cat, so killing a cat. Really? So it's fine to kill kittens? Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry, carry on. Um, very much you go around. Right. <laughs> what format are you, are you playing it on? Uh, on Xbox. Okay. Because presumably, if you're playing the Wii version, would you actually have to club a seal? <gasps> oh my goodness! Yes, that'd be terrible. Oops. It's all right, I think, when you're doing it with the just push A. Yeah, yeah, you do loads. <laughs> um, so yes, it was a lot of fun, a lot more fun than I expected it to be. Um, seven out of ten. Perfect. Ian, have you been playing anything? I have been, have not been clubbing baby seals, <laughs> but I have been playing with a football club, Manchester City. Okay. My f- wonderful team was finally. Actually, I'm worried about Manchester City because we're burdened with expectation now. <laughs> yeah. really are. And I've had 40 years of you know, hope for the best, plan for the worst, and that's been a fine place to be. Now the burden of expectation is too much. Anyway. I've never been I got them to win at all anything in Championship Manager, but I'm playing Championship Manager 10, the testing part of the testing, beta testing, and I've had some pretty good success. But now this choice of players is an embarrassment. <laughs> Are we going to see uh, Idos sponsoring Man City again, do you think? 
Oh, I don't think we could possibly <laughs> afford that. Who cares? We did it yeah. for three years, yeah. from 1999 to 2001, and yeah. it, it was it only cost us about 10, course, uh, 10 p to sponsor them back then. Championship manager isn't out yet, so we can't give it a score. No. And so we're not that sort of radio show. It's pre-release, exactly. so we, we wouldn't assign a score to a game before it came out. No, Absolutely yeah. not. No. Um, but we look forward to that coming out. When's, when's that out? Yeah. It is. When's it out? Uh, later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I see. No, Sorry. Yeah, I wasn't out looking at you then. <laughs> I see. I can't uh, remember if we announced the date. Right. I'm, always get, I'm always getting into trouble with our PR department. Livingstone said something again and he shouldn't have done. Ex- so it's t- t- coming out this year yeah. for sure. This year. Yeah, exclusive. exclusive. Yeah. Uh, I've still been playing Demon Souls. It's amazing. It's 7 out of 10, Steve. I've still been playing. Um, I've still been playing Dwarf Fortress, but I've also been playing the new Scrabble on DS. Right, and is Lesbo in there? It, I haven't got that yet. Right. Um, I what, did get did a word. You have to work your way up to I did Lesbo. actually get a word the other day that you, I can't say on the radio, <gasps> or I'd have to suspend myself. Would David Cameron <sighs> say it? <laughs> it was even ruder than that. No. And it let me have it. And he is one. Yeah. He's one of these, too. He's one of the Twitterers. Um, so, um, yes, uh, enjoying it. It's got a few of the problems with the last version fixed. So, for example, you can see your board. Uh, at the end of the not B-O-R-E-D-B-O-A-R-D yeah, uh, at the end of each game which I really really like previously it just put a big game over thing over the top of the board and then dumped you out which is really annoying right um, so they, it's got a couple new game modes comments into consideration apparently that. so they must be listening mm. um, yeah and I'm enjoying it Scrabble 7 out of 10 um, that's it isn't it okay, apart so. from missing from last week's here this week's it's Talia Talia hi so what games have you been playing this week um, Zoo Hospital. Zoo Hospital. Uh, I forgot what it's really called, but it's like that, yes. Right, so, um, it sounds like so it's a combination of a zoo and a hospital. No. Well, mm, well, it's like these animals that, um, get hurt and you need to help them, but I've never actually helped one. I got up to a lion which was my first one, and I had no idea what to do. But my friend Chris actually helped me. So how do these animals get hurt? Um, is, that, is that some sort of DS minigame where you have to, like, stamp on kittens and stuff like that? No, that would be hurtful, although I'm allergic. <clears throat> to what, stamping or kittens? Kittens. Um, so uh, what, what sort of injuries do they sustain? Um... Well, like, sometimes there's, like, fleas, sometimes there's, like, wounds. Oh, Chris told me that there was, like, this wound on the Hang on a minute. Who's Chris? He's a boy. I think he was 11, and he knew... Right, and how old are you? I'm eight. Where was this? A play scheme. Play scheme. Right, and uh, there were other people around, were there? Mm-hmm. What does this Chris look like? Short, reddish hair, e tall. Short but tall. No, short hair and tall. Um, and sometimes wears a green top. Right. What what famous person does he look like? Oh. <laughs> Don't know. Sounds to me like he looks like Chris Evans. Sorry, but. I never actually knew that. Okay, uh, and why was Chris playing this game with you? Why wasn't he playing with boys of his own age? No, we were playing with, like, uh, DSs, and, um, we were, and, like, we played games, and... What sort of games? Like, 
You weren't playing doctors and nurses, were you? <laughs> Just animal zoo. Yeah. And zoo hospital. Yeah. And well, we were sometimes we could connect and stuff, but I wanted to play that. You connected. Connect. Okay, I don't like the sound of this. Um, if you offer you anything to drink, don't drink it. Okay. What does that mean? What score are you going to give Animal Hospital Zoo? Oh, that's what you mean. Um, seven out of ten. Thanks, Talia. Thanks, Talia. She's back. Yes. You are listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. If you want to email, and please email, email T- us at... Team at onelifeleft.com. Uh, we also have Twitters, individual and collectively. Uh, where is our collective Twitter? Slash One Life Left. Well, we have Steeters here, Byronic Man and Scanters. And we also have various other things. At Facebook, you can find it by searching for... Do we still go One on Life Left? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, it's there. You can put a little badge on your profile and everything. Someone else you can follow on Twitter is the Edinburgh Interactive Entertainment Festival. Is it still called that? Or is it the Edinburgh... EIF. Edinburgh Interactive Festival. I'm not going. Are you going, Steve? I, uh, that's, <laughs> that's literally under negotiation. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, you know, they've asked me my terms. I've not What's been What's on my rider. Right. Said, uh, said, you know, do I want to bring my team along with you? <laughs> I said, well, you know. You usually do, and, and unless it involves plane travel, doesn't it? Because you went to Nordic Game on your own last year. Uh, last I, last did, year. I yeah. did, you know. Um, you're, you're, you're going in here? Uh, I will be there. Excellent. What sort of stuff are you going to be up to? Um, enjoying the event for itself, but I'm also doing a couple of sessions. One talking about production tax credits, which is probably a bit do- boring to talk about today. Um, but I'm also doing a, a fine session. Uh, I'm chairing a debate. Between uh, on the one side, and the, the debate, the the motion is that blockbuster games, big blockbuster titles, are kind of done for. Really, they're dinosaurs. Uh, so on the one side, you've got uh, Peter Moore from EA, backed up by Ray Maguire from from Sony, saying absolutely rubbish argument, and they're blockbusters here, here to stay, stay forever. Right. And on the other side, you've got Christian Sagerstrahler from Playfish. Um, Backed by Sean Drumgall from Game Vision, who's saying that you know bite-sized chunks of games are the future. So one saying that big production values, big marketing tickets, box products, online or offline, and where it's at. And the other one saying no, 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 games are now a service uh, whereby millions of people are going to play for small amounts of time, and that's where the growth is. Have you got any idea how this is going to go? Which I, I think it's going to be an amazing debate, but at the end of the day, you know, the games market is growing, and these two things will live side by side. It's not a question of one being a dinosaur. I think it's one coexisting happily with others. Is it going to be a feisty debate? I hope so. I'm going is to try go- and make it as feisty as possible. I was going to say, how and can we ridicule live everybody who's talking? Ridicule is good. Perhaps we could have it in a cage. Maybe we oh, can do it naked. Yeah. We could see yes. naked. See naked Peter, cage debates. Peter Moore's tattoo. Yeah. Yes. He's know. still got Grand Theft Auto tattooed on him, isn't it's he? A bit awkward, isn't, isn't it? awkward. <laughs> it's <laughs> like having an ex-girlfriend. No, no, on. it's Halo. No, but didn't didn't he didn't he unveil uh, a Grand Theft Auto tattoo? Didn't he? I thought so. Yeah. I thought he had done as well. Anne, you you're oh, you're a tattoo expert. Well, I haven't seen that one. Got to Google that. Cool. So people can see you at Edinburgh, which is the week after next, I believe. Yeah, twelve to fourteen. Uh, I've interactive festival. I've always really enjoyed Edinburgh. I'm sorry not to be going this year, but perhaps you'll see Steve. You'll definitely see Ian up there. Anne. No. Okay. Craig the Rage. A number of female synth pop artists have recently had lots of media exposure, leading to a slew of desperate silly season newspaper articles about the 1980s. Apparently, they were good which is amazing, as my memory is one of relentless tarmac grey misery. Summers spent sliding across concrete, 
in the opposite direction from my BMX bike, as inch-wide scarves of skin are stripped from my hands and arms. Confusing footage of a hairy and angry Arthur Scargill bellowing into a loud hailer, as if he were announcing the end of the world. Horrible, spiky-haired Portobello Road punks, vacant and nihilistic, and boasting about this, as if it were a good thing rather than the most pathetic thing in the whole world. I hate nostalgia. Nostalgia is a psychological and emotional equivalent of smelling your own farts. The other day someone genuinely asked me, with dancing, I am about to be very funny indeed eyes, why it is that you never see white dog dirt anymore. I slapped him very hard in the chest. I slapped him for parroting the kind of lazy, boorish nostalgia that you would expect to hear sliding glutinously from the mouths of one of the furiously unfunny, Renta Lee Max style comedians who appear week after astonishing week on our TV screens, on moronic panel shows like Mock the Week, riffing to supersonically diminishing returns about that one MP who claimed for a duck island or something on his expenses. No one cares about that anymore. No one cares, okay? Just drop it. Just drop it, okay? Nostalgia is useless. The 80s were a horrible decade. A decade of melancholy, sodium-lit street rutting to an Ultravox soundtrack. A decade of rubbish video games like Feud, where you take on the role of a poorly animated monk trying to acquire the elements to make a potion of some sort or other for the benefit of someone who no one cares about. I propose that we take LaRue and Lady Gaga and Calvin Harris and anyone else who wants to hark back to the decade of 14% interest rates in Peter Sutcliffe and punch them back there. End. Craig the Rage. Craig the Rage. Whoa, strange. We're right at the end of the show. We haven't even done what game's coming out. Quickly, quickly. Okay, team, collective yes or no. G.I. Joe from EA. Yes. No. Ian? I have to. <laughs> City Life from Ubisoft on the DS. Yes. No. More DS titles. Peppa Pig. There we go. Ubisoft are on a roll. Uh, I'm just going to have to skirt with through the. You can buy Active Health with Carol Vorderman. With no. Ac- <laughs> with Activity Meter. No. Isn't it, from Nintendo. Uh, Ashes is out on Friday. <laughs> Thoroughly recommend that. Uh, Madden. Yeah, look forward to that. Madden 10. That's yes. Out. Uh, and Aliens in the Attic. No. About activity Centre with Peppa Pig. <laughs> thank you so much for coming Ian, on the show today, yes, thank Ian. you so much. Oh, yeah, thank you for having me. No, it's been it's literally been our pleasure. Thank you so much for coming along. Uh, good luck with everything, yeah. Edinburgh, uh, the iPhone stuff and... And the One Life Left licensed massively multiplayer uh, fighting <laughs> fantasy role-playing game. Uh, we will be back next week. Thank you for uh, thank you to all our contributors, as always. We have got a guest next week as well. We've got a guest Come next on. week. Brilliant. Brilliant. A bit nervous about this one. Uh, uh, no, I was uh, nervous uh, for a different reason. He's, he's no idol of mine. Okay. Uh, we have to go now, Simon. Do we? Yes, sorry. But we leave it like that. No, I, I do like no, this. No, we've got to go. Oh. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.
you enjoy 